Welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus. And in today's video, we are taking a look at part two of our vision statement. We exist to be a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. Welcome back. Uh, if you're new with us, my name is Lucas. I'm one of the pastors here at Evangel Church, and we are a physical location church. We are a local church in Powell River, British Columbia, Canada. And so if you're visiting from outside of the region, uh, we're so glad to have you with us. If you are in the region of Powell River, up the upper Sunshine Coast, uh, we would invite you to come join us in person. Uh, we meet every Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. And we would love to meet you. I would love to meet you. Come introduce yourself. But in the meantime, I hope that you are enjoying your time gathering with us digitally, but we would uh, definitely invite you to come hang out with us. Now, here's a question. Have you ever sharpened a knife? I, uh, I went on a whole YouTube kick. I, I'm such a weird personality. You're gonna learn that about me as we go today. Uh, but I went on a whole YouTube link. Uh, anytime I wanna purchase something, I like study, and I look at reviews and I just absolutely go like crazy. And so I went on this whole kick where I was kind of looking at knives and uh, in case you care, I ended up getting a K-Bar uh, BK-16 um, drop point knife <laughs> for those of you that are into that kind of thing. But during that little kind of stint, I also got into sharpening. What, what does it look like to sharpen a knife? And of course, there's all sorts of ways you can sharpen a knife. There's like kind of beautiful uh, automatic electronic ones that you can do that are basically idiot proof. Uh, there's manual ones that have like guards and they help you with the angles and help you with the grind and all of that. But the creme de la creme, like the, the pinnacle of sharpening a knife seems to be out there a whetstone, whetstone sharpening. And what's interesting about this method, it's the most effective, but it's also kind of the most brutal in the way that they approach it. And so, uh, I was kind of watching some different guys and they're showing us how to kind of do the whole thing. But what I didn't realize is the very first sort of um, process, if you're doing, if you're not just like kind of sharpening your edge, but you're like giving a new edge to a knife, is you literally like basically take a brick and you take the knife and you like scrape like right on the edge of the knife, just right down the brick a couple times. And of course, what that does is it just like takes any nicks or micro abrasions out of that blade and it just blunts it. It just dulls it. And then you begin with a rougher wet stone and you do the whole thing. And then you go down to like a finer one until you're going down to that like super fine abrasive wet stone that's going to give you that nice edge that's going to just cut through anything like butter. But here's what I understood is, is it's both like brutal in terms of the process, and, and but as well as beautiful in terms of the outcome. But this, I, I was just thinking, this is kind of the, the process for us as believers who come together in Christian community. Moments of pain, moments of vulnerability that, that end up leading us to becoming kind of the best version of ourselves that God has intended. This is the process that we're called to. So this is part two of our mini series, uh, realigning around vision. 
And we're going to be jumping into this, this moment, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. So in the first part, last week, we discovered kind of what we mean by a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus. Now today, we're going to dig into receive his love and look more and more like him each day. Now, I had mentioned last week that this statement is not static. In, in fact, this statement kind of encapsulates the journey of faith. It's a progression. And so before we get too ahead of ourselves uh, with, you know, the talk of knives and sharpening and, and all of that, we, we need to kind of talk through this progression because there is a prerequisite to getting to that place of being sharpened. And that is receiving his love. We receive his love. Last week, we talked about creating safe places, both organizationally and relationally, for those exploring faith in Jesus. But we also believe that the journey comes to a crossroads. For each person exploring faith and journey in Jesus, it comes to a crossroads, a moment when you have to make a decision. What are you going to do with Jesus and what he presents to you in his word? And, and this becomes the inescapable reality for the one exploring because in the words of Josh and Sean McDowell, the evidence demands a verdict. There's no room to remain neutral on this. And so we arrive here at this moment, at this invitation to receive his love. And this is where we run into the realms of faith. You know, it's at this moment that we get to that gap, that, that, that gap that can only be filled by a living revelation of Jesus and stepping out in faith and going, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and my life. And this is where we trade our sin for his righteousness. And here begins the journey of applying ourselves to a better way of living as apprentices to Jesus. So we experience his love. We receive his love. We receive his salvation, his gift. And then, out of motivated by that love, in response to his love, we begin to walk out this new way of living. But we have to receive his love. John 1, 12 to 13 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You know, people coming to the gathering of the local church, they come for many different reasons. Sometimes it's a spouse and they're just trying to be supportive of, you know, their husband or their wife. I, I often see parents who end up coming because they want to see their kids raised up in the church because they see kind of a value in that. Uh, for some, it's a place for community and friendship and, and, and meeting new people. But, but over the years, I've walked with many who fit this kind of category where they themselves have not yet had an experience and a revelation of Jesus. They're kind of in this, this spectrum, this journey, this progression of exploring faith in Jesus for themselves. And perhaps intellectually, they've gone as far as they can. But now there's this moment where they have to make a decision. Am I going to receive his love? Am I going to receive his salvation? Am I going to receive him into my heart and into my life or not? And here's my prayer for you that you would feel safe here to explore faith in Jesus. But my greater prayer, my greater heart for you is that Jesus would be revealed to you in such a profound way that you would take that next step 
of receiving his love for yourself, receiving his forgiveness for yourself, receiving his grace and his mercy and this new life that he's calling you to for yourself. It's in that experience that everything changes. God himself by his spirit takes up residence in you as a living, breathing temple for his presence. And that's the step between understanding and knowing him intellectually and then, and then knowing him relationally. There's a difference between those two things. And that's the invitation of receiving his love. And that becomes a prerequisite for walking into the next progression of our vision statement. To look more and more like him each day. Did you know that God has a perfect intention for who he's created you to be? Now, it's not until the end of days that we're going to fully realize the potential in ourselves through Christ. But he has uniquely created you for this time, for this hour. And he's given you gifts and personality and all of those things. And he has a potential that he's built and baked into you because he is your creator. He's your designer. Our society, um, we've kind of walked really headfirst into a very humanistic, uh, hyper-individual kind of way of looking at life. Um, like anything else, the Christian worldview and the views of our society and our culture of the day, uh, they contrast, they conflict uh, quite a bit. You know, the lies of the enemy are subtle in this way. Humanism says the world is defined and described through rationalism and the human experience with no room for an external source for truth beyond this world. Of course, Christianity speaks of God existing outside of time and creation. And he exists outside of time and creation and he gives us his word as an external source for truth. And so we believe as Christians, there is an objective truth in this world and God has determined it. But let's go back to that passage in John that we just read. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now take note of this, verse 13. Who were born not of blood. So this is kind of speaking to um, not of blood, not, not of, of Jewish descent, not of uh, being part of the right family or the right bloodline. Uh, not, nor, nor the will of the flesh. So nor us bringing this, this idea that we can conjure up within ourselves a way of salvation, a way of utopia living, utopian living. And then, nor the, nor the will of man. There's no philosophy or man-made idea or ideology that's going to lead us to this idea of salvation and life eternal. And then finally it says, but of God. But of God, the source. There is an external source for truth, an objective truth in this world, and it's revealed to us through Jesus, and, and it's from God. Now, do you notice that the contrast here? This matters because it shifts our target and what we're shooting for. It's not about simply being the best versions of ourselves, right? It's not about me conjuring up within myself the willpower to be a good person or to live a particular way. This is, this is kind of coming actually to the opposite realization that I'm broken and sinful, self-centered, and I need a savior to come and change something fundamentally in me so I can live a different life. It's about becoming more like the best version of humanity. 
And of course, the best version of humanity was modeled to us through the life and the ministry of Jesus. So the pursuit of looking more and more like Christ has this beautiful side effect of setting us up to be the best versions of ourselves, living out the potential that God created in us because he changes us fundamentally as we receive his love and allows us to then respond to him in the grace and the power of the Spirit to live out life differently. Um, recently, I don't know, I'm telling you, I'm a weird person. I get obsessed about all sorts of weird, different things. Uh, but recently, I've been looking into off-road bumpers. Don't ask. Uh, when it comes to my interests, they're kind of all over the place. But I was watching kind of this comparison video. So what they did is they had one team, they had identical trucks. And they had one team that was going to do like a, buy a pre, like an expensive, prefabricated, ready to go, ready to mount front bumper. And of course, this thing, the reason they're putting it on is to just increase the approach angle from the tires to the bumper so they could go over bigger and badder obstacles. But this is kind of what they were doing. And now the other team, they were prefabricating their own bumper. So they had to just get raw materials and then they were cutting and bending and welding their own bumper for their truck. Now here's what happened though. They got both of these into the same shop. These guys with their prefabricated bumper ready to go with mounting brackets and everything custom made ready to go onto this truck. They put it on. What did the other guys do? They didn't just start from scratch, kind of trying to figure it out. They went to this bumper and they studied it. They looked at the mounting brackets. They looked at um, kind of where it went and how the angles of how it kind of went around the truck. And then they went back and they created their own bumper in the image of the prefabricated bumper that was made by professional engineers. And that's in a lot of ways, our calling as Christians. God is asking each of us who have received his love to become facsimiles of Jesus, his son. He, he, he's calling us to look at the way Jesus lived and the priorities Jesus had and the way Jesus loved and the, what Jesus taught. And we're called to not look more like ourselves. We're actually called to look less like ourselves and more like Jesus, this perfect model that we model our lives after. Now here's what we need to understand. It's not that we should all look the same. We're not talking about looking the same, like cookie cutter Christians where you come to church and everybody looks the same. Here's the beauty. Uh, God has created us so distinct and so unique. What we're called to do is we're called to pursue Jesus in a way that the best of what God has created in us comes out. So whether your personality is extroverted or introverted, you are an introvert or an extrovert modeling the ways of Jesus through your particular way of living out life. This is like your personality is super bubbly and out there, or it's quiet, or you, you walk in like you'd rather listen before talk, or some of you, you'd rather talk before listen. And we all kind of walk out in different ways. This expression of the human experience in knowing Jesus and growing in faith. So we're not talking about cookie cutter Christians. We're talking about this beautiful tapestry of human beings redeemed and growing in Jesus, coming together and making up the church. So how do we do this? How do we live this out? Well, the first thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. We do this with the Spirit of God. 
with the Spirit of God. John 14, 15 to 17 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You see, the Spirit is our helper in this journey of looking more and more like Jesus each day. He reminds us of the Word of God. He convicts us of sin, but, but He doesn't just convict us and leave it there. He leads us back to Jesus. He leads us in this act of what we call repentance, turning 180 away from our broken behaviors and back to Jesus and, and the ways of Jesus. He encourages us and points us to Christ. It's in him that we find grace, strength in our weakness to walk out this journey of looking more and more like Jesus each day. The second thing is, is we do this with the word of God. We do this with the word of God. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Do, do you want to know the heart of God towards you, towards your neighbor, your community, to this world? Read the word of God. It's all there. I love this because the Spirit even helps us in this regard. He gives us revelation of the Word. The Word becomes living and breathing and active in our lives as we partner with the Spirit in reading the Word of God. Are you looking to hear from God? Are you looking to hear His voice? You know, that journey is found as we read the Word of God because the Spirit will begin to uh, bring things to our remembrance, open our eyes to see fresh um, revelation for ourselves, and, and make the word living and breathing and active in us. His character, his teachings, the teachings of the apostles, they're all right there in the word of God. And I, I pray, church, that each of us would really take seriously this opportunity we have to know God and hear from God through his word. But the third way that we do this, that we, we look more and more like Jesus each day, is we do this in community of faith. We do this in the church. There's a verse in scripture that both inspires me, but it also kind of makes me cringe inside a little bit. It's found in Proverbs uh, 27, 17. It says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. As we said before, this process of sharpening is both brutal and beautiful. It takes friction to sharpen a blade. It, it, it also takes community, right? A knife on its own cannot sharpen itself. It needs something to be, um, something for friction to come up against. And so we sharpen one another in community. People, they ask me all the time, uh, do I have to attend a local church to be saved? And of course, the answer to that is, is no. Salvation is in Christ alone. But there's more to the Christian life than just being saved. Your, your potential for growth is severely limited if you're not in fellowship with other believers on a regular basis because a knife by itself cannot sharpen itself. It takes a community of faith submitted to the Spirit, to the teachings of Jesus and the apostles, to grow in faith and to reach your full potential. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. You know, I've had some great friends over the years in my life, and here's my definition of a great friend. A great friend is someone who can call you out when you're posturing or you're walking in pretense. 
Well, you know, one who feels close enough that they can kind of hold you up uh, to a mirror and show you your blind spots, show you kind of your broken places and call you to live better, to live in a way that reflects Jesus and not just your own brokenness. And Christian community is like that. We, we build towards building safe places relationally where we can hold up the mirror and call one another back to the ways of Jesus because we love one another. This is not a fun experience though. I'll be the very first to admit that when somebody calls out my broken places or calls out my blind spots, I become defensive very, very quick. That's like my default setting is to become defensive. But this is so needed for each and every one of us. This is something that wise people invite into their lives. They mutually submit to one another, to this thing called accountability, this course correction, that they have those that love them and are for them that can speak into their lives and say, you need to change this because this is where you're going with that behavior, with that thing, or that's not reflecting Jesus to the world around you. Now, here's a caveat though. Though iron sharpens iron, Iron can also blunt iron. It can also dull iron. And if we don't take care, um, you, can, you can end up destroying somebody instead of building them up. And I'm guilty of this at times. You know, I see the world as a very black and white kind of thing. That's been my thing. Now, as I've grown older, that edge to me has really started to get dulled out, which is a good thing because I'm realizing the older I get that there's a lot more gray in the world than I used to think when I was younger. But there was times where I could kind of come in like a hammer when what was really needed was a loving, quiet rebuke. And the motivation for correction, for course correcting and, and calling out the brokenness in others needs to be love. And it also needs to be motivated out of a place where we are first evaluating ourselves, right? We're first evaluating ourselves before we begin to point the finger to others. What happens when you point a finger? You got one finger pointed out, you got three pointed back at you. And that's a pretty good ratio when it comes to how you should express correcting one another in Christian community. You know, years ago, I was trapped in a season of sin in my life. And honestly, I thought, you know, my life as I knew it was kind of over. Many of you know my story. If you don't know my story and you're interested, um, you can kind of visit myevangel.church, go to the sermons page. You can go back to, I believe it was called uh, Real Talks. It was a series called Real Talks. It would have been this first sermon in that series. Uh, you can go listen to it there. But in that moment of confession, I was ready for the hammer to drop. And, I, and I, I really believe if the hammer did drop during that season of my life um, in a way that was um, very judgmental, uh, I probably wouldn't be here today. Uh, I wouldn't be pastoring today. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But instead, when, when, I, when I brought confession, I walked in repentance in that moment. I was received with such grace and mercy and love. I was received and, and community came around me in a way that built me back up from my broken places. And I love this because that is a picture of what the church should be. Our motivation for correction is about course correcting one another so we don't go off that waterfall. 
You know, some of you who are wiser among us, you have, you've lived more life, you've experienced more things. You can see in the younger generation moments when we're kind of going off track and you know what the outcome is. In love, come alongside us and, and show us a better way. Remind us again of the ways of Jesus. This is what we do in community for one another. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, and, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, this is a great part of gathering together, what the purpose of gathering together is for the local church, that we encourage one another, that by being around like-minded people, you end up growing in a momentum, a forward momentum of pursuing the same things. In, in fact, when you are with others, shoulder to shoulder with a vision out in front of you, it is much more motivating to be a part of a movement like that than if you're just trudging it out on your own. And so we are inspired, we are built up by our fellowship and our corporate worship. You know, we have small groups here at Evangel Church where relationships kind of grow and they go deep and there's an intimacy and there's a vulnerability and we build each other up and we reveal the broken places of our hearts, but we're built up, we're spurred on, we're motivated to look more and more like Jesus each day. And there's nothing better than the local church for that. And I believe that, that for each of us, if we take this vision seriously, of creating safe places for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, have that moment of being brought alive in Christ, and then safe places as well, looking more and more like him each day. Listen, the Christian faith is hard enough as it is, right? It's hard enough as it is, as Christ calls us to pick up our cross, to die to ourselves, to, to literally die to pieces of ourselves, the broken pieces and, and, and bringing those to the foot of the cross, picking up our own cross and, and, and striving to look more and more like Jesus each day, motivated by his love. That's hard enough as it is than to be in a community where we beat one another up and we correct, but it's not motivated by love and there's hypocrisy and friends, I believe there's such a potential for us as Evangel Church to be a safe place where we can explore faith receive his love, but also walk out this journey of sanctification, of looking more and more like Jesus each day. We have such a, a gift in front of us. May we steward it well. And um, let's just close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to just speak to our vision, to speak to what we're about and where we're going and what we're trying to build in partnership with your spirit and your way. And so, Lord, I pray for every single person who has been exploring faith that just needs to come to that crossroads of, of asking the question, what am I going to do with Jesus? Am I going to take that leap of receiving his love? And I pray, Lord, that you, would, you by your spirit, would just draw men and women, boys and girls to you, Lord, in Jesus' name, through the expressions and the ministries and, and the individuals and the relationships of Evangel Church, both here and around the world. Lord, I pray that you would just move in this moment. And God, we pray for those that have received your love, who are walking in grace. Lord, I pray that you would just get, grace us with the strength to look more and more like you each day. That God, we would rely on your spirit and your still small voice to guide us in every day. 
that Lord, we would be those that are in your word, learning more about your character and who you are and the teachings of the cross, the teachings of, the, of Jesus, the teachings of the apostles. And Lord, would you cause us to live them out in our own lives. And Lord, we pray for this community, that Lord, we would be a place of love, that we would be a place that lifts one another up, that at times corrects and exhorts, but Lord, motivated by love, motivated to see the best come out of each and every individual that calls Evangel Church their home. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us this morning. We hope that this has been a blessing to you and has added value to your faith journey. Um, God bless. Go in God. Well, hey friends, we just have a couple announcements for you this weekend. The first one is, if you wanna get involved with creating a safe place for kids in our community to have fun at Halloween, to get some candy, but to also kind of have some exposure to what we do here at Evangel, uh, we would love for you to volunteer and partner with us. One of the things that we need is candy. Uh, so whether that's like those chocolate bars, whether that's some gummy candy, uh, even whether you're at the dollar store and you find some like cool pencils or cool erasers or cool supplies, uh, we would love if you could just pick one of those up when you're at the grocery store, uh, bring them to the office here so that we can eventually make bags uh, for kids to experience Halloween safely here in our parking lot. So we would love your help with that uh, over this next couple of months. Another one that we have a really exciting announcement for is that we are offering a next step for you. Uh, so sometimes when we come to church, it can be hard to know like, you know, how has God created me to be? Where's my fit here? And how does that all work together also outside of the walls of this church? Well, we have a really exciting new opportunity for you to jump into GrowTrack. GrowTrack is designed for you to discover your own design, to find your fit, both here in our church and kind of in the world uh, in which you live, and for you to kind of take that next step. So we're doing Grow Track at the end of the month. Every last Sunday of the month, uh, we will be doing Grow Track right after service. If you're wanting to kind of discover how God created you, and if you're wanting to get involved here at Evangel by serving, uh, this is for you. And so we would invite you to that. Uh, the first one is happening at the end of this month, September 26th. And so we hope to see you there. And then finally, if uh, you want to support the everyday ministry that we do here at Evangel, one of the ways that you can do that is through your giving. And so if you want to learn more about how to give uh, and how to support the ministries that we do here every day, visit myevangel.church forward slash give and it will give you all the information you need to do that. Thanks friends so much for joining us. We hope to see you again next week.